things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> So a whole bunch of things that's been in the news over the last few days. Not just about sports, but the sports industry itself, meaning folks have been talking about people like me. Well, I get to holler back, don't I? After all, this is the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Number to call up is always, because I take live callers now, number to call up is always is 888-SAS-5303. Stop scrolling, people. SAS-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. Before I do anything else, um, y'all notice what I got on, right? Y'all notice what I got on, right? I wore this on first take this morning, ESPN's first take. And if you remember the line, I'm setting my scene. You understand? That's what Martin Lawrence did. Because one of my all-time favorite comedians is one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. And he was trying to imitate Nino Brown on New Jack City. Okay? From New Jack City. That's what he was trying to do. So that was what I was rocking the night, the, the day rather, because I was sitting up there making fun of Ryan Clark, who always wears these shirts with these collars and all of this other stuff. Plus, I had the ice because I had to show him how it was done and stuff like that. But that's why I was dressed the way that I was dressed today. So anyway... If you're wondering why I have on a suit, tie, a shirt, collar shirt, whatever the case may be, that was the reason why. By the way, um, I'm always thankful for the support that I get for the show. I appreciate the love and support. Thank you so much. You can continue to show that support by calling into the show. Remember, it's live. I'm not running from you. If you have something you want to say to me about anything that I'm talking about, dial 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. As always, we're coming to you uh, from our studios with our official studio uh, sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company for the Stephen A. Smith Show. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to get into. First order of business, last time I was here, um, I couldn't tell you the news because it wasn't official because the signature wasn't signed on the dotted line. And considering the amount of years I've been in the business, um, I wasn't going to do it until it was official, until he signed. Well, it's official now. Shannon Sharp, three-time Super Bowl champion, NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest tight ends in the history of the National Football League. And obviously, over the previous seven years, you've seen him on FS1 with my former partner on First Take, Mr. Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp is now an official member of First Take. He debuts Monday, September 4th, uh, you know, debating yours truly. He will be in, you know, in front of me debating whether 
live and in person, face to face or via satellite, because I'm in New York and he's in L.A., even though we'll both be going back and forth because I've got business in L.A. a lot. He's got business in New York. Sometimes we'll make we'll work that out. Bottom line is that Shannon Sharp and yours truly will be debating every Monday and Tuesday over the live airwaves of ESPN, 10 a.m. Eastern to 12 noon, uh, obviously Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. So I'm really, really happy to have them, really proud to have them. Um, I love athletes sitting across from me debating, particularly ones who are as accomplished as he is, who are as knowledgeable about the sport of football as he is, who is as passionate about the about the sport as he is, along with a plethora of other things. Make no mistake about it. We're going to bring the rain. And on that note, <clears throat> I want to bring up that last point that I made because it's important on a particular day like this um, to bring up the point that I'm trying to make. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of stories circulating. And when you have stuff that's circulating, Shannon Sharp is coming and you know, they're talking about what are they and Stephen A going to do? They're just going to scream at each other all day long. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I've seen plenty of times when Shannon Sharp hasn't been screaming. I've seen plenty of times when I haven't been screaming. And I really, really could get into how much I detest, you know, when folks take that kind of position. You know, I, I remember like one of the things that I said years ago, I didn't like being called screaming A. It's not that I don't scream. It's not that I'm not loud. It's not that I can't be bombastic and demonstrative because I know that I can. It's just that when white folks do it, y'all call it passionate. But when the brothers do it, we screaming. I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. So on this particular day, although I'm going to be passionate and forceful um, and, and, and as piercing as I want to be, I'm going to make sure I monitor my, 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 my tone. And my volume so nobody can use it as, as an excuse to not hear where the hell I'm coming from. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to yell again. It doesn't mean that my demonstrative and bombastic tendencies ain't going to come rearing through. It's who the hell I am and I'm not apologizing for it. And I never will. But I think it's important to bring up because it's some people in the media and beyond. People in the blogosphere trying to pass themselves off as media along with others who quite frankly just ain't shit. It's just, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. You could call it jealousy. You could call it envy. You could call it a whole lot of things. One of the things that I religiously remind people of is that the year 2003 was when I became a general sports columnist. And according to some organizations, I was the 21st African-American in this nation's history to become a general sports columnist when I was writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Why is that so important? Because that was before the advent of social media, before Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of this other stuff came to be. You had to be a columnist to have a license to editorialize and express your opinion. I told you in the year 2020, I'm sorry, 2003, I was number 21. I was the 21st black man, black person allowed to editorialize and opine and give my opinion. Prior to that, there were only 20. Everybody else was white. I can assure you 
they were yelling. I'm not going to throw out names because I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on anybody because I don't think they did anything wrong by raising their voice. But nobody called them volatile. Nobody called them screaming whatever. Nobody tried to denigrate them and accuse them of dissipating and diminishing the quality of the sports industry business. But all of a sudden, Shannon Sharp's coming to first take. Skip Bayless and Undisputed on FS1 reportedly, purportedly are going to modify their approach. I got news for you. They're the quote unquote competition. I'm here to defend them. I'm here to defend them. Now, if you want to get into the literal, the literal quality and content of somebody's words, meaning what they said specifically, I get where you're coming from. You want to get on me for mistakes that I've made in the past? Fine. I've made stupid mistakes in the past. I didn't articulate and enunciate my words with the clarity that it deserved regarding Ray Rice. Shoei Otani, that was just an embarrassing take on my part. And I deserve to be vilified for it because even though I meant something totally different, it's my responsibility to step up and articulate whatever message I want to disseminate in a proper fashion. You want to get on Skip Bayless for his position about Dak Prescott and mental illness or Tim Tebow or what, whatever position he took in the immediate aftermath of DeMar Hamlin. That's fine. But this notion that all of a sudden the industry of sports journalism has been so sullied to the point where it's almost irreparable and it's our fault pisses me off. It's a lie. It's not factually correct. It's utter bullshit. And to me, when I read the reports about undisputed, modifying its approach, taking a more a quote unquote agreeable, I'm not saying they said it. I'm talking about to the reports, whether it's front office sports or awful announcing or whoever the hell came up with it because I forgot where I read it but a couple of people wrote about it, how they're modifying their approach to some degree and they're going to be more agreeable and all of this other stuff. The only thing that I would say about that, I'm lamenting the capitulation to the noise that's saying there was something wrong with this show. So what Shannon and Skip were passionate? So what I'm passionate when I was talking to Michael Irvin on Mondays or Keyshawn on Tuesdays or Mad Dog Russo on Wednesdays or Dan Olofsky on Thursdays or Ryan Clark on Fridays with Mina Combs and Kimberly Martin and Monica McNutt and J.J. Reddick and Kendrick Perkins and Jay Williams and all of them thrown into the mix. So what? We're talking sports. When you sit around and watch sports. Or you watch a news program, rather, or a particular sitcom or a drama series. Do you want to take up something and throw it at the TV? Usually that's not the case. But you do want to do that when you're watching sports because sports evokes those kind of emotions out of you. Fan. Acronym for fanatics, essentially, in a lot of people's eyes. You get passionate about the world of sports, and that's all you're doing. But these folks that have this desire and this, 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 this anxiety or this anxiousness towards capitulating to that noise, nah, we're not doing that on first take. We're going to be who we are. They ain't number one. 
All of these folks talking. They didn't have the number one show for the last 12 years. They haven't led in ratings. They haven't generated hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue. What exactly is it that we're doing that's such a crime? That we're passionate and we're a little bit loud with it? That from occasion we tend to scream? Don't we laugh? Don't we joke around? Don't we hug one another? Don't we have a good time? Is it not entertaining? The audience says so. I'm sitting here in front of y'all right now. Once again, I ain't bragging. I'm just giving you facts. We average nearly a half a million viewers on linear television. Me, myself, one man, generates an excess of 2 billion views annually on YouTube. Go look it up. It's out there. Go get the research. And the people that's talking ain't doing that. But they're chirping about what's happened to this industry. And I'm not talking about Dan Lebertard. He's the one that did it yesterday or today or whatever. Remember, he's my boy. We're friends. We disagree on this particular issue, but he certainly ignited this discussion a couple of months ago. Remember when I appeared on the Dan Lebertard show a couple of months ago? You remember what he said while he was interviewing me back then? March 24th, 2023, I remember, if I remember correctly, I think that was the day he said it. Listen to what Lebertard says to me and what my response to his to him was right there on the Dan Lebertard show at that particular moment. Check it out. I hate what you two have done to sports television. You can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell are you to sit up there and say me and him? What about you? What I'm the hell were you I'm living talking, under a rock I'm teaching at, at Miami U? You were part of it too. I'm talking. You ain't innocent. I'm talking about all the imitators that you have birthed. Uh, all of the all of the imitators that are all over the place, thinking without the journalism credentials that uh, the the point of all this is to turn it into an argument on television. Yeah. So, in other words, if somebody saw Dan Lebertard on television. And they decided without the journalism credentials to imitate Dan Lepitard or to try to emulate him in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And folks didn't like it or were turned off by it. We should hate what Dan Lepitard has done to television. We should hate what Dan Lepitard has done to sports. Think I'm lying? Here's something else. This is Dan Lepitard. Just in the month of July, last month, July 17th, 2023. Here's something else Levitard said after that conversation. And this one I didn't see. My staff just showed it to me today. I actually missed this. I was on vacation. I did not see Dan Levitard say this. Listen to this. I would like to talk to him in the future in a way that is conversational instead of performative about how dumb sports debate television has made everything. See, this is the thing. Stephen A. respects Skip Bayless, who's a plague, because Skip Bayless gave Stephen A. the chance that he gave Shannon Sharp to do the thing of, let's do white man, black man, and we'll do the dog whistle, and sports will get dumber, and I will spend 20 years chasing LeBron, who's only the athlete of our times, who deserves all sorts of praise. I'm going to situate myself as the hater and just get somebody loud and black across from me and we will fight. That is incredibly, incredibly insulting. 
more so to Skip Bayless. A plague, a plague. Because he wants to hate on LeBron and people debate him. And it's usually somebody black sitting across from him. Well, white people have debated Skip Bayless. They didn't rate. We are in the television business. Ratings and revenue do matter. They do count. So let's get that out of the way. Secondly, I'm not going to apologize for being somebody who appreciates the opportunity that Skip Bayless gave me because he was a white man in that position. And that was something that he didn't have to do, but he elected to have me as a debate partner. I appreciate that. And although my career has taken off and I've been blessed and fortunate enough, knock on wood, to be number one ever since because it can end tomorrow. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm a person that's not going to forget the opportunity that somebody gave to me when they didn't have to. That doesn't mean that I agree with everything he says. It doesn't mean I co-sign everything he says. I'm great. For, I'm very good friends with Troy Aikman. I love this brother. I don't approve nor appreciate nor like the things that Skip Bayless has said about him in the past. I don't like most of the things that Skip Bayless said about LeBron James in the past. But that's his opinion. And everybody has one, just like Dan Lebertard has one. Just like all of these bloggers have one. It's awful announcing. It's front office sports. It's the Bleacher Report. I mean, the clutch points. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Deadspin, you know, it's been around forever. You know, I mean, the, the big lead, the list goes on and on and on. There are a lot of things to like and not like about institutions, about networks about the sh whatever distributors of content, about individuals, that's absolutely positively true. But it ain't the be-all and end-all. And the reason I bring this subject up is because over the last couple of days, all we've been reading about is how there's going to be some shift. Because, oh my God, what has happened to the world of sports journalism? Like First Take doesn't do anything. Or these other shows don't do anything. Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser have been debating for years. They've gotten loud with one another. But we know what great journalists they were, what great columnists they were, and what great friends they've been for over 40 years. So they may not get labeled that way. People have insulted around the horn. That's still on the air. When Highly Questionable was on the air with Dan Lebertard and his daddy. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Outside the Lines was hosted by Bob Lee for years. The great Bob Lee, the iconic Bob Lee, the award-winning journalist that was Bob Lee. Some people liked it, some people didn't. How many stars have we seen emanate from the world of, uh, of SportsCenter? They all acted like Stuart Scott? No. Were they all Dan Patrick? No. Were they all Keith Oberman? No. Were they all Scott Van Pelt? No. It was different. Some people liked Dick, Dick Vitale. Some people couldn't stand him. Some people used to hate what Boomer, Chris Berman, used to do. Back, 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 back. All of this other stuff. Some people liked it. Some people didn't think there was any place for it. Don't get me started with sports reporters. 
Was Mike Lupica, Bob Ryan, and Mitch Album whispering on sports reporters? What about when Bill Roden and Brian Burwell, God rest his soul, used to come on there? Were they whispering? Were they whispering in your ear, Dan? Were they whispering in your ear, all of you folks out there? Well, this is how we feel about it, and I mean, hey. Were they going like Shaq? You know, just told Kobe or told Phil. Like Ari Spears, the comedian, said, Phil, know how I play, Kobe, know how I play. Give him the ball, I'm a dunk it. I'm big brother, he little brother. That's what they were doing? When Charles Barkley's on, on there, they, they suck. But Cobra Bryant, Cobra Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille Really? It's television. Comes in all forms, shapes, and sizes. You do what you do and you find an audience that gravitates to it. First take, dumb television. We start the conversation every morning. We've talked about crime. We've talked about racism. We've talked about all types of issues pertinent to the world of sports and beyond. We were dumb when we talked about domestic violence. We were dumb when we talked about crime. We were dumbed when we talked about collective bargaining negotiations, the, you know, the, the paucity of African-Americans in head coaching or executive positions or running backs just recently being ostracized the way that they are by the National Football League because you look at their birth certificate and regardless of their years of productivity and efficiency, just because their birth certificate says they're this certain age, they can't do X, Y, and Z. Colin Kaepernick, the National Anthem, patriotism in the United States of America or lack thereof, rights as American citizens constitutionally and beyond. We were dumb. Dumb, dumb television. Mad Dog Russo, a Hall of Fame radio host for four decades. Dumb. Ryan Clark, a Super Bowl champion. Marcus Swagoo Spears. Dan Olavsky. Michael Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson, when he was there, because Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson reportedly are going over to FS1. My brothers, number love and the best for them. Dumb, really? That's what they were. Ladies and gentlemen, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. See, Folks want to complain about what they're not. And maybe some other network and some other shows are going to capitulate to all of this noise. Let me assure y'all right here, right now, first take, we're going to do what we do. I am the host, the, the co-host of the show. Molly is obviously the matriarch of the show and the host, but I am the co-host of the show. Damn it, don't mean to brag, I'm the star of the show. I'm also the executive producer of the show. And I'm telling y'all right now, we going to do what we do. We ain't going to capitulate to this nonsense with these folks talking about we can't help, you know, healthily just debate feverishly, passionately, yet respectfully entertaining and having fun and all of that stuff that we can't sit up there and talk sports. 
without somebody trying to act like they cerebral and bougie and above everybody else. Looking down, we're not changing. You know why? Because we don't have to change because we're versatile. Yes, we do raise our voices from time to time. Hell, I do it a lot. And sometimes I'm quiet and sometimes I'm mellow and sometimes I'm silent and I just use my facial expressions and my body language to say what I want to say. Cracking jokes every day. Molly and everybody involved with the show, smiling and laughing and having a good time every day. It's the entertainment, sports and programming network. We're going to do what we do and we're going to have a damn good time doing it. And we ain't changing for nobody. As an aside, because again, I don't mean to bring up old news, but I just saw that from Dan Lebatar from July 17th, what he said, talking about having a conversation with me and he would hope that it would not be performative. You know, good, excuse me, respectfully, Dan Lebatar, you know good and fucking well. This is how I talk. Sometimes lower, sometimes higher but I always talk like this. It ain't performative. It's mean. It's insulting for you to imply that. And I'm sick and tired of being hit in the back with implications from somebody that's supposed to know me. But that's a story for another day. This is how I talk. You've known me for over 20 years. The people in the industry who have seen me, who have known me, who have been around me in press boxes or whatever. A lot of people I don't talk to at all. But when I do talk, I always talk the same. Sometimes the volume is higher or lower. But I speak the way that I speak. What do you mean performative? Like I'm trying to put on a show. I've talked to you on the phone when nobody's around or nobody's listening or nobody's watching. The exact same way. And you know it. This is the bullshit. Another network might capitulate to all of that. And I hope they don't. I love competition. Don't bother me at all. Makes the world go round. Let's get it on. But I can't stand the thought of anybody feeling the need to capitulate to such insignificant noise. Talking about folks out there in the blogosphere and beyond talking about, oh, it's too much, it's, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. Why is it too much? Why do y'all have podcasts then? I'm talking to everybody out there. Most of these podcasts, y'all on the air whispering? Y'all ain't expressing any opinions? Everything that y'all talking about is cerebral and intellectual and far above and it elevates the mind and the psyche of everyone everywhere. That's what we're talking about here. I guess Jerry Springer and Maury Povich never existed, huh? I guess the stuff we see all over reality TV never existed, huh? I guess the stuff that we see all over the world, the podcast, it never existed, huh? Y'all full of shit. But you came to the right place. Came to the right place. And I'm not going to be cussing that much because I really, really don't cuss a lot. But when people piss me off, I think it's necessary. And what pisses me off right now is the notion 
that somehow, some way, there needs to be a change in this industry because shows like First Take and Undisputed and 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 and, and, and around the horn and all of, and all of this other stuff. Oh, we bring it down television. We've been journalists. We've reported. I've had mega stars and 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 all across the entertainment stratosphere come on First Take. By the way, Roger Goodell's coming on First Take soon. Coming on any of y'all shows. Rob Manfred, he's coming on my show too soon too. What happened the last time he was on your show, Dan? You were the epitome of professionalism. It was a fantastic interview, by the way. You were absolutely sensational. But you were the epitome of professionalism. It was nothing personal that came oozing out of you. As the paragon of virtue hovering over South Beach disgusted at what was transpiring in the baseball landscape in Miami. It's unbelievable. Reading these stories, folks capitulating to this kind of noise. Shit, I ain't. I tell you that much. By the way, did you used to carry first take up on your show every time, you know, you had these segments? Did you used to plaster them on your show? So your audience could see it and watch it. I think that was you, Dan. I think that was you. 888-SAS-5303 is the number called this. 888-SAS-5303. Got a lot more coming up your way. Donald Trump making news for all the wrong reasons. What does he and Michael Jackson, the late, great Michael Jackson, have in common? I'll show you that in a minute. Plus, Halle Berry's making news, too. Oh, Stephen, they got to say something about that. I'm going to the callers. But not before I say something about that. Oh, by the way, the Mac Daddy himself, Khalil Mack, for the Los Angeles Chargers National Football League. He'll be on the show, too. Don't touch that dial. I ain't going anywhere. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Uh, welcome back to Stephen A. Smith's show. Coming to you as I always do live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith show right here on YouTube. Please click the bell to get notified of all of our new content because I'm approaching 285,000 subscribers. I really didn't start hitting the ground running until about four, four and a half months ago with my team and this, this podcast over YouTube. I know it was on earlier than that, but I really didn't hit the ground running until about four and a half months ago. So 285,000 subscribers. I'm going to have that pretty much by the end of this show. I can't thank y'all enough. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for y'all. If y'all don't show me the love to be here, I got a day job. Okay. The reason I want to be here doing this because it gives me an opportunity to not only own and operate my own thing, but to also communicate with y'all directly. I know a lot of times y'all see me on the airwaves. Y'all want to come right at me, okay? Well, guess what? I got a number for you. It's 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Of course, money to incorporate these damn live phone lines, okay? But I did it anyway because I know it's important for y'all to reach out and touch me and talk to me. And contrary to my acerbic attitude from time to time... I'm actually a very nice guy. I actually love y'all. And I love to be loved. So I want y'all to know. Hold on, I'm getting emotional right now. 
putting on my brick from General Hospital character. <sighs> Want y'all to know I love y'all, okay? And on a serious note, the only reason I want to make sure everybody understands why I brought up the Dan Levitard portion of it. That entire segment was not about him and what he said July 17th. I had never seen that particular clip. I had not seen it. And I believed I watched some of that show, but I missed that. I didn't see that part. That's number one. And number two, it coincided with what I wanted to say um, about all of these reports. Now that my man Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson are going over to FS1 to join Skip Bayless. And everybody's talking about it's going to be a different kind of show and they're no longer addressing doing the embrace debate mantra or whatever. I'm like, they do what they do. I'm going to do what I do. I've been blessed and fortunate enough. I didn't even ask for the damn title. But I am the executive producer of First Take. And I assure you, I'm going to do what I do. Ain't none of, ain't none of y'all stopping that. Let me be very clear. That's the reason. That whole segment was not about Dan Levitard. I said what I had to say about it, but that segment was not more, as much about him as it is about sports debate television being blamed for what has transpired in the sports industry. I think it's disgusting that people are pointing the finger at that. People watch stuff for entertainment purposes. People watch stuff to be informed. People watch stuff because of interviews and things of that nature. We do it all. We're not one-dimensional or one trick ponies. That's not who we are. So I just want to make sure I make that clear. Now let me move on. Before I move on to Trump and Halle Berry, Thursday's preseason game. There was a preseason game in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Indianapolis Colts and rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. He led a touchdown drive. And do you know what he did afterwards? This rookie quarterback wet behind the ears, breath smelling like Similac. This brother, decides that he's going to celebrate by flapping his arms like an eagle to mock Eagles fans. That's what he did. Well, good luck with that. Kids got skills. Um, I like Anthony Richardson. I was shocked that he was drafted as high as he did because he only threw 24 touchdowns and 15 interceptions in his three years at the University of Florida. Last year, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,549 yards. Um, just completed 53.8% of his passes. Okay, so, I mean, again, he's got a lot of potential, um, but the reality is is that we're going to see whether or not that's going to reach fruition, especially when you're flossing like that. We'll see, we'll see about that. Let me move on to the former president of the United States. Um, Donald Trump went to an Atlanta jail on Thursday and for the first time in the history of the United States of America, a former president had his mugshot taken. Mugshot. I want y'all to show that, please. Show that, please. Now, somebody getting arrested is not a laughing matter. Somebody being accused of the things he's been accused of is not a laughing matter. Um. But that don't mean we can't laugh at the actual mugshot. We're not laughing at the situation. We're not laughing at him as a person. I'm just talking about the actual picture itself. Hell, we all get laughed at from time to time. Okay? This was President, former President Donald Trump's mugshot. And when I saw it, 
I don't know about y'all. But you know what I thought about? I thought about Michael Jackson. Remember when he took that mugshot? <laughs> God rest his soul. God rest his soul. But, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Let me, let, let, let me gather myself. Because, I, I mean, here's what I'm trying to say, y'all. I remember when, um, not Guy Tory, Joe Tory, his big brother. I never forget he was doing stand-up comedy. I think he was hosting Def Comedy Jam, and they took the mug shot of Michael Jordan. He was la- Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. He was laughing. Leave Michael alone. Leave Michael alone. You know, it's like, and it was true. Like, leave Michael alone. Y'all killing me. Y'all killing me. Y'all gonna give a mug shot of this. But you can't send Michael Jackson to jail. That's what everybody. I mean, he weigh about fifty pounds. You know what I'm saying? He made he made he made Chris Rock look buff. I mean, come on now. I mean, I mean you can't do that. But the mug shot that Trump took. I'm not going to lie. The first thing I thought about was him and, 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 and Michael Jackson. Can we put those mug shots up together at least one more time before I leave? Before I depart the subject. Can we put it together? Can we put him and the mug shot of Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson together? Can we, can we put them next to each other? I don't know if we can. But you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It, 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 it just entered my mind. On a more serious note, though, all joking aside, when Trump addressed the media, Ladies and gentlemen, I just got a different perspective. I think the Democrats are playing with fire. You see, Booba the Fool even knows that the Democrats want Trump to win the Republican nomination. Because their belief is they will easily beat him in a general election. Trump is playing a different game through his Truth Social Network, through interviews with guys like Tucker Carlson on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, this man uses, I mean, Trump was going to Atlanta and tweeted to the world when he was going, when he was arriving, what time he was due to show up at the precinct or wherever the hell it was that he showed up, okay? And then afterwards, He's getting T-shirts made and he's using it as a campaign slogan. And he's basically, listen, according to the reports that came out about a month ago, Trump had spent over $42 million of his campaign donations on his legal defense. That's why former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani ran to his estate at Mar-a-Lago in Florida, literally to beg him to pay for, for Trump to beg Trump to pay his legal bills. Because Giuliani going broke, purportedly or reportedly. And I, I, but I just think that people are missing something. There's something that needs to be said here. You could be playing right into Donald Trump's hands. And I remember I spoke about this to a guy that's become my friend. His name is Chris Cuomo, former star on CNN. By the way, an individual that CNN should get on its damn knees and beg to come back to the network. Okay, he's he personifies and is exactly what CNN needs. He is highly intelligent, very knowledgeable. He ain't scared of a damn soul. He will address and undress anybody in a political stratosphere that he has to knows his stuff. Okay, I want to hear about all of this stuff with Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo. That was his brother. He tried to help his brother. You can debate till the cows come home. How you handle it? I don't know all the details. 
I know when he, I interviewed him, what he admitted to and what he categorically denied, I will tell you I believe him and I will tell you he has become a friend of mine. I love the guy personally. And I think CNN will not recover until they bring him back. Eight o'clock, nine, he was on in the nine o'clock hour. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, don't give a damn. Bring him back prime time. He needs to be back at CNN. I think that's what will save CNN. I just want to say that. But he was on this He was on this show because obviously he has his own show on News Nation. Every weeknight, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Chris Cuomo decided to pay me a visit right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. And on this show, he said how a mugshot, he actually was talking about how he thought a mugshot would ultimately end up affecting the presidential race. He didn't declare it. He said it was possible how a mugshot could affect the presidential race. Listen to what he had to say. In a situation that I think is very unlikely that he gets convicted and perversely, uh, the most embarrassing picture for most people, which is a mugshot, <laughs> may be his best campaign poster. Because it will enable people to say, look, he's a victim. He's a victim. You know, this is too much. Amen. Amen. He might be playing into his hands because when you hear about four felony counts, 91 different charges. And all, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, yeah, he egged them on for the insurrection on the nation, in the nation's capital, in the state capital, you know, in the U.S. capital. I get that. He's not innocent. He was irresponsible. All of those things are true. Criminal? Over that? Now, taking the papers in the Mar-a-Lago, not giving them back and compromising national security. That's a different animal. Looking for 11,700 votes, trying to muscle his way to rig an election and all that. Okay, fine. Put him in jail or have a law in place that prohibits him from running for elected office again. You didn't do that. Since you didn't do that, and since you got stupid laws on the books that allows him to literally run for office, even if he's in jail, is the stupidest thing that has ever existed in the history of constitutions as far as I'm concerned. It's just dumb. Okay? But it is what it is. And at the end of the day, you better beat him. Oh, my Lord, you better beat him. Because if he becomes president of the United States again, all he's going to do is work on exacting vengeance against all those who opposed him. You're the Democrats. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it one more time. I can't vote for Trump. It's, it's a, the presidency is a statesmanship position, and he is no statesman. He just doesn't care who he scares the hell out of and stuff like that, and he's too narcissistic. But I'll tell you something. The Democrats shouldn't be let off the hook. The Democratic Party at this moment in time is an atrocity. You call yourself progressives, not just liberal, progressives. And you are literally begging and praying an 82, a man who will be 82 years of age in 2024 to run for re-election. What is progressive about that? Me personally, I wish Gavin Newsom was running. Because I haven't heard a liberal, as much as I hate about those taxes in California, his interview with Sean Hannity was epic. I haven't heard a liberal defend their case better 
Then Gavin Newsom defended his case that night being interviewed by Sean Hannity. If you missed it, go to YouTube and Google it. Go to YouTube and see it. Gavin Newsom. But I understand Biden's the man. He'd get my vote before Trump did. But to the Democratic Party, shame on you. Begging an 82-year-old man in 2024 when that arrives to run for re-election because you don't have anybody to take on Donald Trump. That's a damn shame. That is embarrassing. Before I get on out of here and get to the calls, Trump self-listed his height and weight at 6'3", 215 pounds. Really? 6'3", 215 pounds. Donald Trump with that belly. Really? Now, I've seen some folks that were 250 pounds. Derek Carr, listed at 218. You see the difference in looks? Muhammad Ali back in the days, 240 pounds. See the difference in looks? See that difference? Chris Hemsworth, okay? See that difference? See how he looks? That don't look like no 6'3", 215 pounds. Donald Trump. Brother, you're lying. That's all I'm saying. Last but not least, Halle Berry. She's officially divorced. Here's the travesty. She now owes her ex-husband $8,000 a month in child support for their nine-year-old son. Ladies and gentlemen, they have joint custody. Now, I could be chauvinistic and say, that's what they get. Because we know that the laws in this land don't usually favor men when it comes to marriages or relationships that break up and the child is involved. But I'm not going to do that here. I think it's a travesty for any man to be taking money from a woman. You healthy, you can work, go out there and handle your business. For Tally Berry to have to pay him $8,000 a month is a disgrace. They were only married for two years. By the way, you remember Halle Berry won the Oscars for Monsters Ball in 2001. That's when she did that sex scene with Billy Bob Thornton. And people wondered whether or not they really got down or was it just, did it just look that way? I mean, they wondered about that because it was a relatively graphic sort of rated R to X between R and X rated kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? She don't deserve this. It's a damn shame. I don't like it at all. I really don't. 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. The Mac Daddy himself, Khalil Mack, for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's up next with Stephen A. Right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming to you as I always do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific over the digital airways of YouTube. It is my honor and privilege to let you know what I did in terms of this interview. I sat down with Los Angeles Chargers linebacker extraordinaire, the one and only Khalil Mack. I had to see what he had to say about this upcoming season. So without further ado, here we are. My guest on the show today is not only one of the most feared linebackers in the National Football League, but also one of the most decorated in its history. He's a former Defensive Player of the Year, a four-time All-Pro player, and a seven-time Pro Bowler who's now wreaking havoc 
for the Los Angeles Chargers. Please welcome to the Stephen A. Smith Show, the Mac Daddy himself, Khalil Mack. What's up, big time? How are you, man? How's everything? I'm blessed, man. Can't complain, man. How are you, man? Yeah, man? It's good to see you, bro. It's good to see you. I, I, you know, it took me a little while to get uh, to get over being mad at y'all. I ain't going to lie because I'm not going to apologize to anybody. Damn it, I want to be in California. I want to be in L.A. as much as I possibly can. I want to be in L.A. as much as I possibly can. And I could not believe how y'all lost that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars after being 27 up 27 nothing. It was hard for me to do to deal with it and I don't play football. How hard was it for you for y'all to go man. through what y'all went through last year? Man, uh that that game, man, it had me thinking about hanging them up, uh wow. getting on the plane. I was like, man, mm. I don't I don't understand how this this could happen, especially in that moment, man, uh, understanding what we could do as a team. Uh, and the, the the energy we had going into the second half, uh, and just watching, really just bubble screens and, and and quick passes take you down slowly. But uh, looking forward to another year, man, and uh, getting better and, and going out and, and actually shaking some things up this year. As y'all reflected, as you reflected on that loss last year. What went through your mind throughout this entire offseason and what level of motivation has that provided for you and your team this upcoming season in your mind? Man, uh when I when I went into this offseason, uh by just understanding that I had a full offseason healthy, uh going in, into last year, last year's offseason, I, I was coming off a, a foot surgery. So uh mm-hmm. it was a little different. But this year I was able to get after it and uh understanding. Uh, what I wanted to bring to this team. Um, looking back at the film, uh, it wasn't close. It, it wasn't close to, to what I what I want to be for this team. And uh, understandably so, everybody else felt the same way coming into this year. Uh, talking back and forth with Joey, mm-hmm. uh, talking with Justin, talking with talking with Derwin. Uh, it definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth, man. And um, understandably so, man. It's just so much. First of all, you shouldn't have been drafted fifth overall, damn it, years ago. It should have been number one. The Houston Texans, with their sorry selves, drafted Jadavion Clowney. They should have drafted you number one overall, and you spent the first few years wreaking havoc. But in 2021, you only played seven games due to an injury. You had six sacks that year. Obviously, last year you came back, you had eight sacks. You didn't miss a single game. But people were looking at you, and you know how the NFL is. They're looking at your age. They look how you creep up and they say, all right, he ain't what he used to be. What do you have to say to people who think that way about you? Do you feel in any way it's justified for them to think that way about you? Man, uh, if you turn on the film, man, uh, I, I feel like it's still a lot of attention coming my way. Right. Uh, whether you 30, 31, 32, uh, I'm a baller, man. I'm a baller and this is what I love to do. I love the game of football and, uh, you can say what you want to, man. You turn on that film, uh, I'm going to make a play. I'm going to make a play for my guys and uh, do everything I can to, to help the team win. When we look at the Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, I, obviously being in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things to do. And so you got to be reputable because people will find something else to do real quick, okay, rather than support a team that ain't losing. Y'all ain't losing. I'm a fan of Justin Herbert. I think he's an absolute stud. But when we think about life in the AFC West, we, it starts and stops, really, with Patrick Mahomes. Somehow, someway, y'all can't get over the hump, but y'all have had a lot of competitive games against Kansas City and specifically him. 
How do y'all view yourselves at this particular moment in time compared to the now reigning defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, uh, when you think about you, you got to give them their respect, man. Uh, and like you said, we played some competitive games, but uh, got to get over that hump. That hump. And uh, I feel like it starts with uh, getting out to the quarterback, getting out to Mahomes. And I put that on my shoulders and, and Joey's shoulders and Fox and, and Bash, uh, the whole de- defensive line. We got to do everything we can to affect him whenever we play him. And so uh, I think it starts there and ends there. Uh, and whenever we get a chance to play him this year, I'm sure uh, you're going to be able to see that. Uh, on the film. What is it like coming to work every day and knowing that you got a quarterback like Justin Herbert as the star of your team? Man, that guy's a, he's a real dog, man. Uh, we, we've <laughs> had to practice against him today, man. He's like a, like a mad scientist on the field, uh, uh, field general. Uh, he got, he got a lot of control of the offense and you could tell, you could tell those guys follow his lead. Um, and not only that, he's just, just a savage, man. He don't care about the cameras, the light, light camera action. Um, all he cares about is winning, winning ball games for this team. And uh, I'm going to follow him every day, of the, every day of the week. So it's safe to say that when he got that contract, that new contract, all of y'all were good. They're like, hell yeah, he deserved every penny. What was the reaction when he walked into the locker room immediately after signing for about $260 million? Oh, man, you got a round of applause, man. You right. got a round of applause. Uh, you saw him come in this whole offseason, put in the work, uh, get back. Uh, but he was dealing with a few things uh, coming off of surgery here and there or whatever, ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he was he was here every step of the way, um, putting in the work with us throughout the offseason, even through training camp, the beginning phases of training camp and all of those different things and in between it. And so it's kind of unique to see uh, how the guys have to hold in nowadays, but uh, he, he he's a baller, man. I asked you that question, sort of a setup question, Khalil Mack, right here with Stephen A. Smith. Sort of setup question because of this reason. See, I ain't playing no damn football, okay? I, I don't ever want. I want. I don't want anybody in life looking like you hitting me. I, never. I never want that to happen to me, okay? So I don't. I have no desire. I never had any desire to play football. But I tell people this all the time as a reporter for so many years. They think they're sleeping on me when I say this. Excuse me, when you got somebody at the quarterback position. And, and damn it, his ass can't play. That's a problem. Okay, the, the, the defense looking at them, they're like this. Man, I can't believe this brother getting paid. So, right. Tell the truth. Could you, could you tell people out there I'm not lying when I say there are some quarterbacks in the NFL and as a defensive player, y'all look at them and be like, shit, I can't believe this man getting paid by this team. Ain't that true? Man, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, fortunately enough, man, we ain't got to worry about that. I, I know the Chargers are not, not going to have to worry about that for a long time. I agree with uh, you. Having like that. I, agree, I agree with you totally. There. As you scour the rest of the AFC West, Russell Wilson's in Denver. We saw how they looked last year. Damn it, we saw how he looked last year. The only thing they liked about him is the Brady Boy Sierra with him in Denver. I mean, it was that bad last year. It was that bad. But he's better now. He's better now. And I think he's going to be better, Khalil Mack. I, that, that, that's not for you to say. That's for me to say. But I love the fact that Sean Payton is there. Um, yep. They got Jimmy Garoppolo in in in, in Las Vegas. Do you yep. feel? Do you guys feel like it's really about y'all in Kansas City? I know you want to respect all your opponents, but do you feel like it's really about y'all in Kansas City, or do you perceive Denver and and Vegas as being bona fide threats to what y'all are trying to accomplish this year and beyond? I mean, at this point, man, everybody's a threat, man. Uh, either you the hunted. Are you the hunter? Uh, so 
we uh we, we looking forward to putting on our hunter cap and, and going out and doing what we do in the AFC West and, and all the other games that we play. Uh, it's a matter of dominating this year. Uh, it's not about close games for us. Uh, me personally, I'm not thinking about uh, playing it safe or playing it close. Um, we want to go and blow to blow teams out, man. And uh, we have the talent and the, and the team and the coaching staff to do it. You know, I'm looking at the AFC overall as a conference, and I don't know if I've ever seen it this stacked. And obviously, not to throw any, any not to dismiss anybody because we understand. Listen, I'm one of those guys, just so you know, and tell your boy Austin Eckler when when you see him, yeah. you know, I definitely support that brother. I, I I think it's a travesty how running backs get treated because obviously they're an incredible yeah. component to winning. And the fact that you just look at their birth certificate and no matter how productive they are, you don't want to pay them their damn money. I've been yeah. pushing the league to sit up there and get at the negotiating table with the collective with with the players association. Say, yo, let running backs come into the league a bit earlier so they can get paid earlier. So you don't sit up because yeah. you holding their birth certificate against them. Having said yeah. that, though, I got to tell you, we all know how important the quarterback position is. AFC East, Josh Allen, Tua Tungvaloa, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, North Burrow. Jackson, Deshaun Watson, people keep forgetting about him. I expect him to return and can never ignore Mike Tomlin and those boys in Pittsburgh. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, and then you got your division. Have you ever seen the AFC look as tough as it's going to look this year? Oh, man. Over the course of, what, 10 years I've been in the league now, man. Um, I mean, you you, you threw some names in there, but I mean – you saying over the course of ten years yeah. with, with Tom and, and, and Peyton, yeah, Peyton Manning, and, that's true. You know, it's been some stacked QBs in the AFC, and so uh, it's no different, man. It's no yeah. different, man. Uh, football is is fun, and uh, whether you're playing against the best mm-hmm. or the worst, uh, you're going out the the, the dominator, man. And I can't I can't help but think the same way because I've been playing against some of the best quarterbacks this whole time I've been in the league, man. We think about playing against Tom and Peyton mm-hmm. and Phillip Rivers, uh, guys that are not going to hold on to the ball. They're going to try to get it out fast and, and tire out defense mm-hmm. uh, and, and put you in the worst possible situations on the field uh, defensively. Uh, it, the odds are stacked against you uh, playing against those guys. And so uh, nowadays uh, you got a lot of young guys, like you said, but uh, a lot of guys that can go out and, and, and affect the game and they almost play like they've been in the league of 10 plus years nowadays and so uh just just how the pace of the game is going and how the foot, foot high school players play and how college player play right. uh, almost like a pro style and so uh you think about it yeah mm. you think about a guy like Justin Herbert going in the year four yeah what's up he's what? a ball What's a nightmare for somebody like you, particularly at 32 years of age, going up against somebody, not that you have to go up against him other than in practice because he's your quarterback and Justin Herbert, but a Joe Burrow, for example, a cat like that, a Josh Allen, people like that. What's a nightmare for somebody like you going up against somebody like that or going up against a Lamar Jackson? I feel like going against uh, like a dual threat guy like Lamar. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a nightmare, but more so. Uh, you cautious, you cautious of all these guys, uh, especially like uh, playing for Russell for so so long, uh, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of different dudes, man. That can uh, Patrick is another one that'll make you pay if you break the pocket. If he breaks the pocket, try to take an inside move, and he'll make you pay by uh, extending plays. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I've played against a lot of guys that can move out of that pocket right. and move around and, and and make some big throws, uh, make uh, make a big run. Uh, but, 
when you're trying to catch a breath on a, on a <laughs> second and long, you know what I mean? Right. It's uh, yeah, it's just playing against those dual threat guys that can that, that can do both. Yeah. Now listen, if you've watched me on TV over the years, you know how I feel about you. And damn it, I never forgave the Oakland Raiders for letting for letting you get away. I think I thought I thought it was criminal. I'm like the the nerve of these damn people. It's been years. Obviously, you went from there to Chicago. You were from Chicago and L.A. But as you reflect on the first four years of your career in Oakland and you think about them moving on from you, um, mm. take me back to how it felt at that particular moment in time when you had to do, you had to part ways from them, even as you reflect on it now, thinking about what you meant to an organization and the fact that they were willing to let you go, to let you go away. Oh man, um, say reflect, man. It feel like it's been so long, man. Uh, I I remember uh, going through that process. Uh, I don't know if I can say a lot of the things that I want to say in this moment, but uh, just understanding the conversations my my agent had with with, with uh, Reggie McKenzie at the time. Yep. Uh, and, and understanding that we both the, the feeling was mutual. We wanted to get something done. Uh, I think they threw something at me early on. Uh, Right, right when Gruden got there, yeah, and uh, uh, it was a, it was like a conversation that you know what I'm saying. Me and Gruden had that was like, hey, welcome to the team, welcome to, uh, welcome to the team. This, is, uh, we kind of wanted to figure out. Uh, he wanted to figure out for me who I saw uh, being a, a good person, the, the the trainer at the time. I feel like they went right. with uh, Tom Shaw, I believe. Yep. And so from then on, uh. It was it was cold turkey for me. I, I couldn't communicate with those guys uh, from then until I feel like uh, probably like a year later. I feel like I got on the phone with Gruden and uh, my, my agent. Uh, he called me and told told me if it's cool that I put him on three way, uh, put that he put him on three way or whatever. And uh, and so just understanding that whole process and what happened, uh, I, I, I look back at it and like you said. Uh, uh, having having close friends on that team, Derek Carr, uh, yeah. my dog Bruce Irvin, Justin Ellis, uh, Gabe Jackson. Uh, you look about, you look back at the relationships uh, that you built over that that course of the time that you were there, and um, it's, it's 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 like one of those bittersweet things uh, because you trying to solidify yourself um, in your family uh, financially, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, um, real life and business uh, coming into play. And so uh, I don't know what the conversations were with Gruden and, uh, and, and Mark Davis and all of those guys, but uh, it is what it is at that. It was it was what it was at that point. It, and uh, I had to do what was best for me and my family. You're damn right. You're damn right. You did yeah. the right thing too. With that being, damn near led Chicago to the Super Bowl for crying out loud. But with that being said, I ask you this question. As you reflect on all of that, and, and as a veteran in this league, what advice do you give players on the come up in the National Football League now based on your experiences? Oh man, uh, I have a lot of advice for us, but young guys that, that that are looking to 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 get that or or looking to be in that position or one day um to negotiate with the team to, to see if they want to do something long term. Um, and it all starts with just uh, understanding what you who you are off the field affects. A lot of those decisions as well uh, that they're gonna have up 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 top. Um, when you think about a general manager and an owner and all those different things. Uh, so off the field issues and and 
how you carry yourself off the field, uh, whether you're a problematic person and all those different things. You know what I'm saying? All of those things come into play. Uh, the, the football part is supposed to be the easy part for us. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're a baller. You're supposed to go out and make the plays, so that's supposed to speak for itself. But uh, everything else could come to play, and so I made sure these guys understand that. And um, looking at the new CBA, it was one of those things where it's like, man, um, these guys aren't going to be in a fair position, especially when it comes to uh, uh, what it was uh, that I looked at. Man, it was some about uh, the fifth year option. Yeah, the fifth option. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, understanding what that did to me. I was like, man, yeah. uh, seeing Derek get his money, seeing Gabe get his money, and I was like, they was like, oh, congratulations, we picked up your fifth-year option. And I, <laughs> I had already won defensive player of the year, uh, all pro, you know what I'm saying, uh, in my third year. So it was uh, it was kind of like, wow, uh, dang, that's a congratulations or is that a slap in the face? So you kind of don't know how to respond to those situations. And uh, I kind of try to make sure they understand that as well, um, understanding business and holding out. And you see the guys holding out now and how much money they can lose potentially. And it's just a scary thing when you're sitting on that, sitting at the crib, you see those those uh, fine checks rolling through 1.8 million and 800,000. Ouch. 80,000 and it's like, whoa. It's right. You get a little real. Don't, that's right. Don't get in the way of your money. Is that Because yeah. the NFL does what it can to get in the way of your money. You got to make sure you don't do it. Anyway, before I let you get on out of here, man, just a couple of quick questions. So you leave from Oakland, you go to Chicago, then you end up in Los Angeles. I don't like the cold weather, Khalil Mack. Damn it, I don't like the cold weather, okay? I'm over it, all right? So, I mean, I want to know how good it feels for you to, to, to go from Soldier Field to SoFi Stadium. I mean, how good is life? Working at SoFi Stadium most of the year. I mean, I got to imagine it's pretty nice. Man, uh, it's it's night and day, especially uh, during the wintertime. And uh, I loved it up in uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, just understanding that my wife and kids, they can go outside and, mm-hmm. and do their thing year-round and, and chill and, and and not have to move around like, uh, you know, covered up and <laughs> all up the whole year. Uh, right. I know it's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot more fun for them as well. So right. uh, we, we, we love it. It's all about the family. It's all about the family being outside. And by the way, you can identify them. They ain't snorkeled up with their face and everything else. Coming. You actually know who the hell they are, man. You actually know who the hell they are. Last question for you right here. So we're looking at the Los Angeles charges in December going into January. What are we going to see this upcoming season? That might be different from last year. Man, uh, you're gonna see a, a group of a group of men uh, that that want to dominate every every opponent they face, uh, especially during that time of the year. Uh, can't have any let up because uh, we understand what that feels like. So uh, can't do the same things expecting a different result. Uh, definition of insanity. And so uh, you're gonna see some guys that that want to work. Uh, work hard to make it to that that final game of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your schedule right here, my brother. I mean, it's not um. You open the season up against Miami. You're on your home turf. You're against Miami. You got road games back to back: Tennessee, Minnesota. Then you got a home game against Vegas. Bye week. Then you're gonna be up on the Cowboys. It's, it's October 16th. Don't lose to the damn Cowboys, right? Don't do that to me. Don't don't, don't lose to the damn Cowboys, all right? Just, just make sure you beat the Cowboys. All right. 
Absolutely. I appreciate you, bro, man. I'm going to make sure I get to a couple of games this year, man. Thanks for everything, man. I really appreciate it, bro. Thanks so much. No man. Appreciate you, man. No appreciate doubt. your time, big Absolutely. Dog. No doubt. My man, the one and only Khalil Mack, the Mack daddy. Uh, he was sensational when he was with the Oakland Raiders. He was sensational when he was with the Chicago Bears. Um, obviously, over the last two years or so, he's still formidable, but not registering the same numbers. I have no doubt that he's going to do his thing this year. Charges a team to be reckoned with. Make no mistake about that. Uh, thanks again to him. And obviously, you're going to, as the season progresses, you'll see a lot of NFL players coming on the show, coaches, everybody. I mean, everybody's welcome. They know what time it is. This is the Stephen A. Smith Show after all. Before I get on out of here, though, let's take some calls because, as always, I promised you I installed these phone lines for a reason. I could have had the calls go straight to voicemail and just play a voicemail. But I like to interact with the callers, you know, as long as you're respectful and you don't try to act like it's your show, calling up, giving dissertations or trying to talk over me. Remember, I can drop you. I can put you on hold. Remember that. Be respectful. Be cool. But I'm just playing with y'all. I love y'all. So y'all know that. 888. SAS5303, that's 888-727-5303. I'm only going to stay on the calls uh, for about uh, uh, the, the next five to ten minutes or so. So let's get right to it. Let's go to Corbin in Columbia, South Carolina. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Corbin? What's up, Stephen A.? Thanks for uh, accepting the call. Real quick one. Obviously, I'm excited about Shannon Sharp coming to first take. Yeah, man. Are we going to see a Club Shay Shay, Stephen A. Smith show crossover in the future? On well, hold on, no, 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 no. I don't understand what do you mean crossover. I don't explain. I'm sorry. Just trying to understand. So maybe you make an appearance on his podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah no, 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 no. That's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely taking place very, very soon, actually. Very, very soon. Both. Shannon Sharp will be on this show, but I'm going to go on Club Shay Shay first. Uh, that's one of the things that I promised him initially, and that was even before um, I, I knew that he was uh, leaving FS1 and 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 ultimately he was going to end up coming to first take. He asked me a few months ago if I would come on Club Shay Shay, uh, but then obviously schedule conflicts and whatever, but we are definitely, we both agreed we're going to do that, and we're going to do that very soon, very soon. But I will appear on Club Shay Shay first. It's the right thing to do. He's he's a new member to first take. The least I can do is go on his show first. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. You can make sure that that will happen very, very soon. All right? Awesome. Thank you. No problem. Take it easy, man. Chris. You're live with Stephen A. Chris in Los Angeles. Talk to me, Chris. What's up? Stephen A. Smith. What's up, my man? First of all, I, want to say, I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, man. I say, I'm loving the chain. Looking suave, my it's good loud. sir. All right. What's up? Um, and also, uh, my question to you is, um, in, you know, in honor of uh, Shane joining first take next week, uh, what's, the, what's the favorite person that you debated and what's the most memorable debate that you've had? Well, let me say this personal. to you. Um, I've had a lot of great debates. First of all, Shannon doesn't start next week. He starts the week after next, a week from Monday. Oh, my apologies. All right, that's number one. Number two, I would tell you, man, I've had so many, many great debates. I'm going to tell you what my favorite was. My favorite was with me going up against Michael Irvin live from Dallas, where we were at that sports bar right down the block from AT&T Stadium and it had three levels filled to capacity and Michael Irvin stood up and you had to give him towels because he was sweating bullets and stuff and he was talking about the team it's, it's the dawning of a new day and all of this other stuff and the crowd started chanting Michael, Michael, Michael Michael and he started waving the moon that's what I'm talking about that was without question my favorite moment in the history of doing first take. Uh, and it was because of the environment. I've never been in an environment like that 
for first. I've been, you know, in Delaware, Magic Johnson, Troy Benson shows up. We've taken our show on the road. We're going to take our show on the road again when I want to go to HBCUs. I want to I want to do it. Me personally, obviously, ESPN has to sign off and they're the boss. I'm not the boss. But my aspiration is to take first take on an HBCU tour. And remember, it's not just me that has graduated from an HBCU it's Shannon, Savannah State. I mean, he he's graduated from an HBCU. We're both products of HBCUs. And so for me to be able to go on an HBCU tour throughout the country is something that I have an aspiration to do with the show. Uh, but it would be for environments similar to what I experienced with my brother, Michael Irvin. Make no mistake about it. Appreciate the call, my man. Thank uh, you so much, man. You take it easy. Angelo in New York. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Angelo? What up, Stephen? Hey, Talk to you me, doing, man. man. How Thank you doing, man? My call. No problem. My pleasure. What's going on, my brother? All right. Uh, I'm here to talk about contracts, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Isn't this all about the fans first? You know, without the fans, there ain't going to be no players. There ain't going to be no game. And these guys keep crying for more and more and more money. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Angelo, Angelo let's, let's, let's have a conversation, a quick conversation about that, right? Let's, let's First of all, up, specify Steve, specify which sport are you talking about? You talking about all professional athletes or, or football? What are you talking about? Angelo, what are you talking about? Yeah. I yeah. said, what are you talking about, football or all professional athletes? That's what I'm asking. We're talking about in all, all, all sports and okay. like football. Got it. The, 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 the contracts are just getting okay. absurd. Or, or, so, well, for, going through the roof. All right, Angelo, like, stop. What stop. about the An fans? Angelo, stop, stop, stop. Now, you are worth. Football, listen, stay with me. Stay with me. And Angelo, don't make me hang up on you, bro. I'm trying to talk to you. Football I need you to listen. I'm sorry. I'm having listen. a hard time. All right. Listen to me. All right. You are what the market says you're all worth. All professional. All professional. Okay. You are what the market says you're worth. Let's take, for example, right? In football, an owner has the right to come to you when you don't produce or even when you do produce and restructure your deal, get you to take a pay cut, et cetera, et cetera. But if you the player, you got to ask for permission to do that. That's a problem. In football, I'm sorry, in basketball and baseball, the contracts are guaranteed. So it's a legitimate argument. But from that moment forward, it's all about what the market allows. If you as a sport are generating billions of dollars in revenue and you've allocated these funds, 50% of basketball-related income, 50% of baseball or football-related income, and you've allocated that towards the players, and the players, from a negotiating perspective, his market value says he's worth X, Y, and Z, then you can't hate on that, bro. Let's say, for example, that you're a lawyer, and the going rate for lawyers in your position is 800000 a year. But based on your level of production, you're worth two million a year and you know the two million is in the pot to be had by you. Why wouldn't you ask for the two million dollars? You'd go ahead and take it. That's all I'm saying. Appreciate the call. Jason, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, Jason? How are you in Atlanta? What's up, Jason? Man, Stephen A, man. Good show. Thank you, bro. Uh, man, you started being a bully, man, when you started wearing them cut-off shirts. I'm not a bully. Up, I'm, not, I'm, not, call his I'm not a bully, bro, my brother. It's all love, man. Listen, <laughs> listen. we go back and forth. We go, listen, in all seriousness, man, I just want to say this before I take your question. In all seriousness, 
I'm going to go back and forth at y'all and all of that other stuff because that's what you see me, you know, you see me talking about these subjects on TV. And if you stopped me in the streets and we were having a conversation or you saw me someplace and we were hollering at one another, you know, just chilling yep. as, as, as brothers, we just going back and forth. We still going to give each other a pound and a hug. It's all, it's all love. We're just having oh, a, oh, we're just oh, talking about it. it. So it's no, it's, it's, it's no big deal. It's, 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 no, it's no big deal. The only time, the only time I got a problem, just for the record, the only time I got a problem, don't ever don't uh, hold on hold on hold on don't ever don't ever roll up no one don't ever roll up on me when i'm with my daughters because i do not like they do not like their daddy's time divided because they feel they give enough time away to the Uh, public they don't play that and when i'm with my honey i can't stand when a man interrupts me like you don't know better like you don't know better I mean, that just drives me crazy. It makes me look at them and go like this. He must not be getting none. He don't know any better. He just don't know any better. You know what I'm saying? Now, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, man, man. I'm, I'm going to end it, man. Yeah, this show, my, my question is what we're going to see, really what all United States is going to see on the, uh, the men's basketball team. I, that lineup doesn't look right to me, but if they can win it all, I just wanted to get your mindset. I know we're going into I don't. It. You think they can make it win it all? I, I I appreciate the call, man. I don't know the answer to that question because I don't know the quality of competition they're going up against, and that's my issue. Okay. What I would say to you, however, is that, you know what, I'm interested in seeing how individuals like Anthony Edwards step up. This brother's making noise, yep. trying to knock on the door or superstardom on a National Basketball Association level. So I want to see whether or not he's going to handle his business in, uh, in, you know, in competition this summer. And I also want to see what he's going to come back like looking at, looking like for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I got to bounce, though. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. George, George in Chicago, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, George? How are you? How you doing, Stephen A. Smith? Talk, talk to your me. boy George from Chicago. I just introduced you, my brother. What's going on? Quick question. Who you got? Megan Good or Holly Berry? Megan Good. Prime? Stop it. Megan Good. There's nothing Stop to talk it. about. There's nothing to talk 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 about. Megan Good. Megan Good. I know that's your girl. I know that's your girl. You've been talking about it. I know that's your girl. You don't understand, bro. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, I'm a grown man now. You know, but but look, you wouldn't have any idea how many years I had a crush on that girl. When I interviewed Bro, her I, months ago, to have woo. to hide that, you know what I'm saying? I gotta be professional. I gotta be professional. I gotta put a professional hat, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at Megan Good and and I was like this. You know, I mean, it's look, man, this is making good. We talking. It's making good. Bro. Okay. Halle yeah. Berry girl, is beautiful. Halle Berry is beautiful, just sensationally gorgeous. But I'm not that dude. I look at it all. I get not it. just. I look at it all. You understand? And I you just see her post on Instagram. I'm just. Oh saying, my I, god! I, I, and I don't post? look. And I don't look for a reason. I don't look for a reason because let me give. Let me give advice to the fellas. Let me give advice to the, all go. the fellas out there. The best way to resist temptation is to avoid it. You avoid don't. Sub, it. You don't subject yourself to it. And then try to resist it because that makes it hard. You just can't go to it. You got to avoid it. You got to avoid it. Listen, I'm in L.A. all the time. I'm in L.A. all the time. I'm in L.A. all the time. I I, I, I know. I know. And, and by the way, I'm happy for her and my man, Jonathan Majors, who's a great, great actor. And, and assuming they're together, I don't know whether they get that. But I'm just saying happy for her, whatever. But you see stuff like that. You know what I do? I take my ass home. 
I don't go with it. I know those people going to be. No, 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 no. I'm living a different life. I don't need that problem. Don't need that problem. I got to go, mean? though. I got go ahead real quick, Get man, because I got to go. Real right. quick. Go ahead. All right, bro. Take it easy. Last caller, Isaac in Miami. You're live with Stephen A. Real quick, Isaac, talk to me. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? I'm good, bro. Talk. What's up? Good, good. I'm here. Your favorite, your favorite place in the world, MIA. Uh, just a quick question. Um, Come on, who do you think Come is the top four um, MMA people? MMA people? What you mean? MMA sorry, fighters? MMA fighters. Top yeah. four? Top four? Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to include Namega Medoff because he's retired. Okay? I would tell you John Bones Jones. He's definitely got to be up there. Francis Ngannou left, so I can't pick him. I want to pick my man Usman, but he did lose to Edwards twice in a row, including a knockout. So I don't know if I can give him the edge over Edwards at this point because Edwards beat him the last two times they faced one another. Um, well, first of all, it's John Bone Jones and Israel Adesanya. Those are my two favorites. Okay. Let's get that out the way right now. Let's get that out the way, okay? Uh, so that would be my top two. Um, I want to say Steve Miocic, but, you know, he got knocked out by Ngannou. I think he's going to lose to John Bones Jones, but he's still great. Uh, I like this kid, Sean O'Malley. I really, really do. I'm not going to sleep on him. I'm not going to sleep on him. Um... I got to think more about it because, shoot, Poirier just lost. Poirier just lost. Demetrius Johnson's no joke. He's no joke. He's up there, but no, not yet. I got to think about that. Let me just leave it at the top three and come back to me at a later date for that fourth because I don't want to disrespect the sport like that. Volkanovski, he might be that guy. Yeah, he is that dude. I say he, he's got to be in the top four. John Bones Jones, Israel Adesanya, Volkanovski, okay, got to put him up in there, all right? But I like Sean O'Malley. I think he's the next Conor McGregor, believe it or not. I really do. Box office. That's yeah, it for, for today's sure. show. I appreciate the call, my man. Thank you so much. I got to get on out of here, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for today's yeah, thank episode. You. Thank you, man. The honor to speak to you as well. You take care of yourself. Thanks for watching another episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Remember, I'm here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Also, make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified of all our new content. And by the way, please be sure to pick up my copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter. First takes. Worked very hard on it. Bestseller for nine straight weeks on the New York Times list in both the book and audio book as well. Okay, so thank y'all again for watching. Appreciate the love. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. God bless. I will talk to you on Monday. Until next time, this is Stephen A. Signing off. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.